This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Yes, we are live today. It is, of course, in case this is a replay down the road, but right now it is June 10th. So we're heading into the weekend, and appreciate all of you listening. And somebody actually asked yesterday if we were going to be live today. I'm guessing because you may want to call in and add something to the program today. If you do, please feel free. You can text us. By the way, you can do that anytime you want. 307-200-8222. Again, 307-200-8222. On the same token, if you want to call in today, feel free to do so. We're going to talk about keeping food safe, and then I'm going to throw in today how to be prepared when it comes to your transportation, you know, end of things. And I'll get into various things there. Not sure I can get all of this in in one hour today. Uh, may depend upon how many of you help, you know, participate in questions and so on. If I don't get it all done today, then I'll finish it up next week. We'll make it a two-parter. So, uh, again, you can call in 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. So, producer Ann actually asked if I'd start today. I'm going to go ahead and get to the transportation end of it here in a few minutes. But she wanted to know if I could touch on, because we've talked about this briefly in the past, there's probably something else that we should uh, you know, continue to touch on because this is something that people are doing, I'm guessing, on a routine basis now. Just knowing where we're at as a country and a world and the shortages we've had. And it can be everything from, gosh, right now, folks, it, it's, it's even just I, – I, this is probably more of a drive radio uh, topic. But I will tell you right now that if you do some of your own – oil changes in fact even if you don't just having the oil that you need for the vehicle that you're driving on hand and really quick and yes this is a drive radio topic that i'll get to tomorrow but this is a preparedness topic as well so i'll probably repeat it tomorrow as well on drive radio but really quick before i get to the food end of it there's multiple things you need to be keeping on hand if you're driving a diesel truck for example you need to stock up on some def that's the urea fluid that you put into the DEF tank, and don't mix the two. You can't put it in the diesel tank, nor do you ever put diesel in the DEF tank. Those cause major issues. Despite a lot of the videos that you will see out there, you cannot just put water in the DEF tank either. It knows if that's functioning correctly or not. There's a lot of things. My dad used to always tell me, if you believe half of what you hear and none of what you see, you'll be in great shape. And I think that really applies today to the Internet video and so on. Uh, Andy and I are going to review here in a few minutes Jurassic World. And if you believed everything you saw in video, you would think dinosaurs are real after you see any of the Jurassic World, Jurassic Park movies. Point being, just because somebody says you can put water in a def tank and it will work, it doesn't. So if you're driving a diesel truck, make sure you're stocked up on DEF, which they've talked about shortages, and I can already see them. I normally can get you know DEF in bulk, and then occasionally I'll buy a few of the two-and-a-half-gallon jugs at you know Costco or wherever. Uh, Costco, as of a couple of weeks ago, has none. I will tell you that you should also have whatever oil your vehicle uses. And by the way, most shops right now, knowing where we're at with uh, you know, vendor conditions and supply chains and so on won't care if you bring your own oil in at this point because they don't make a lot of money selling oil anyways. So I would tell you all 
to buy whatever oil your vehicle needs. And if you say, well, how do I know? It's simple. It's either in that little book in the glove box nobody ever reads called the owner's manual, or it's always on the oil cap on the engine itself. So where you would normally go to add oil, it will tell you right on the cap what you're supposed to run. So especially some of you guys running diesels, that is becoming more and more hard to find, especially certain name brands and so on. And we've been getting this question on Drive Radio now for months. So if you've got a diesel truck and you want to make sure you've got enough oil to make it through, I will tell you the next 12 months, I would go ahead and buy whatever it takes to get you through the next 12 months. Oil filter maybe, but for sure the oil itself and the def. So just a side note, I would go ahead and get all of that set aside. I would have it. I would keep it. Uh, the amount of storage space that we're talking is not a big deal. And keep in mind that oil, as long as it is unopened, will store for a very, very, very long time. I'm talking decades. All you need to do is shake it up a little bit before you pour it in. If it's something you've stored for a while and voila, you're good to go. So again, I would have oil for the vehicle, the vehicles, plural. In some cases, you guys have more than one vehicle. I would have that on hand. And by the way, I think that's a preparedness thing as well. Because if something happened and you're on your own, now granted, you're going to have to have fuel and other things as well. But you also need to be able to maintain what you're, what you're driving even at that time. And having, I would say, at least one to two oil change uh, supply of, I should say, for those of you that can do that yourself, I, w- I would have at least a couple of oil changes per vehicle in stock. It's your house. That's how I would do it. Now, as we move on to make sure I don't have any other major questions along these lines really quick before I do anything else. Uh, again, 303-477-5600. Uh, call me if you have any questions or anything you want to add to that. On the food prep. And again, this is something that people are doing regardless of the, the uh, preparedness, you know, end of the world thoughts. People are just starting to stock food in general because you just never know when there's going to be a shortage of something. Could be breads, sugars, wheat. You know, most of the grain products we know right now are already going to be in short supply. Wheat is at an all-time high. I mean, we talk about this stuff on this show and, and the other shows that I do on a regular basis. So how do you keep that food safe? First of all, you need some sort of a good place to store your food in pantry, closet, basement, whatever the case may be, someplace also where you know the critters are not going to get in it. And typically, we don't have critters in the house, but you know what I mean by that. It, it, critters could even be ants, sugar ants, things like that, which, by the way, they can come through all sorts of cracks and crevices and things along those lines. And we want to make sure we're keeping our food safe so we can eat it, of course, down the road. So producer Ann said, uh, Mylar food storage bags... And then you also need to have those moisture, uh, you know, that takes the moisture out of the, especially uh, uh, for those of you that, that may be storing this in a little bit more wet area of your home. There's those moisture packets. You see them, you know, packet chiclets, whatever you call them. They come in a lot of different things, stereos to you name it. Those, they, get, they throw those things into all sorts of stuff. And this idea came out of somebody we had on as a guest a few weeks ago, and that would be as your... You know, divvying up, you know, say you go out and buy a 25-pound bag of flour and you're now divvying that up either into bags or even storage containers. Throw one of those little packets into whatever it is you're storing to keep the moisture out. 
or basically suck up the moisture that may end up in that container. Now, one thing I think works better than even some of the storage bags and and some of the containers and so on is if you have the ability to own one of the food saver, I think that's what they actually call it. It's a brand. There's numerous ones of these out there, but it's the the bag where basically you can put whatever food you want, meat, things like that, into a bag. It sucks all of the air out, and then it seals that bag up. It heat seals the bag, and it's a vacuum-packed seal at that point. There's nothing in it. It sucks every ounce of air out. Nothing's coming in. Nothing's coming out. If you have the ability to own one of those, which, frankly, they're not that expensive anymore. At one time, that was you – know, it's funny. It's, it's like I was telling Charlie the other day, I saw something on – on the internet the other day where it was a Sears catalog ad from like the the early 80s. And in this catalog was a VCR, pretty fancy VCR for like 850 bucks. And I did the translation into, you know, the exchange of what that money would be then versus today and today that VCR would be around 34-3500 somewhere in that neighborhood if you if you do the you know the inflation rate of, you know, 1980-81 whatever it was to today extremely, extremely expensive back in the day. The, those food uh, machines that I'm talking about, the, you know, the, um, uh, what am I trying to say, Charlie? It takes all the air out. The, the, uh, there's a name for it. I, don't, I can't think of it right off the top of my head right now. Uh, but they were very, very expensive back in the day. And only a few people owned you know, the vacuum, the vacuum seal, vacuum pack machines, what I'm trying to say. Uh, typically, they were very commercial in the way they worked, and they were very expensive. And again, hardly anybody else in the real world owned those. Typically, you had to be a factory or something along those lines. Well, those things have gotten cheap enough now to where I'm not exaggerating. You can buy a vacuum seal machine and the bags that come with it and so on, which are relatively inexpensive, by the way. You can buy that whole thing for under 100 bucks now. Used to be they were several hundred dollars not that long ago, They've now produced those enough in masses where they've really got the price down. And you'll have to do some of your own research. I, I can't tell you the different brands and which ones works, works better than the other. I think I have an actual food saver, I think, is the brand that they call and, frankly, don't use it as much as I should. I really should break that thing out and use it more than I do. It actually, again, anything you want to save. Could be that you go out and buy some meat from Barber's Foods in bulk. Okay, great. You can actually even pre-make some of your own hamburger patties, things along those lines, seal them up individually, seal them all up at the same time in a bag, however you want to do it. But essentially, you can, you can take that meat, refreeze it, you know, put it into its own separate bags and refreeze it, or even cook some, freeze it. There's a numerous ways you can do things to be prepared, and one of the best ways to do that is to, is to use one of those those machines that takes every ounce of air out of it because we already know that air moisture is the enemy when it comes to keeping food for any length of time at all. Uh, and, and by the way, this includes dry product. I would do the same thing even if you're looking at, hey, I, you know, I'm going to store, I don't know, everything from flour, sugar, uh, you know, some of the other you know, spices and things like that to cereals to you name it whatever you can think of. And I realize that some of the cereals and things will already come in a, a prepackaged uh, sealed bag. Keep in mind that bag still has air in it. Those are not air free. And we all know that, which by the way, I don't know why I figured out why the cereal companies haven't figured out how to make a resealable bag that they put down inside that box. But at any rate, they haven't. 
because they want you to buy more cereal. We already know that if you leave cereal on the shelf long enough because of the air that's in it, it will go stale. Just like a bag of chips will also go stale. Why? Because there's air in that bag. If you took the air out, and I know that's hard to do with chips because you're going to crush all of them, but you get where I'm going with this. Uh, The air is the enemy. It's what makes everything go stale after a while and not taste well. And I realize that just because it's stale doesn't mean you can't eat it. But you have ways around this in today's world to make this work better than what we've had in the past. So what I would say is think through those items you're going to be storing. Figure out how you're going to store them. And then go through the the processes necessary so that they're stored properly and they're going to last a longer time. And again, this has really nothing to do with looking at things in an apocalyptic matter. It's just, hey, what am I going to do if we run out of X? I mean, we we in this country have already had shortage, and I know it was because people ran out and did you know uh, panic buying. But we've we've seen we've seen rationing of toilet paper, paper towels, different food products. Right now, when you go to the store, you're going to notice that there's some things that are just completely gone. There's, they don't exist. And if they do, they come in in kind of a short, you know, small quantity. And typically, if somebody knows they've, you know, that particular product showed up, it's gone rather quickly. Baby formula, of course, we already know about that one. That's been all over the news. And I, folks, I'm just telling you, we're not done yet. If you think baby formula is the last thing that we're going to be short on as a country, think again. goes back to who is in charge right now. Literally, these are people that by design want you to be miserable and want you to be dependent upon them. They don't want you to be self-reliant at all. It's why we're doing Ready Radio. It's why we do Rush to Reason. It's why I help you around the house on Fix-It Radio and then Drive Radio we've done for years helping you with your your car problems and, and even looking down the road and how to save money and so on. And we'll take a break here in a minute. I'm going to come back and talk about some of the transportation end of things as well and what you do uh, it, you know, if we have uh, any kind of a real problem in this country, EMP strike, things along those lines. You know, wh- What do you do? How are you going to get from A to B and so on? And let me tell you what, folks, after looking around here over the past, I don't know, I mean, I've been looking at it up for a while. You guys all know that. But lately, I've taken a trip, went to Dallas to see my son a few weeks ago, and just paying more attention probably to the public reaction to certain things. Sad to say, I may be off in this number, but I don't think I am. I would be shocked if 5% of the country is prepared for anything we're talking about. 5%. 95 percent of people out there a don't know what we're talking about don't care about what we're talking about thinks we're, thinks that this type of a conversation we're just a nut job nothing's ever going to happen why worry i'll go down to the grocery store anytime i need something and it'll be there that's their thought process and again i may be off in my figure but i don't think i am i really don't after looking around watching people's behaviors and so on i'm going to start calling folks the five percenters Because really, those are the folks that are out there really being prepared. I know a lot of you are my listeners, and I appreciate that. Producer Ann gave me a a great kudos a little bit ago saying, you know, a lot of the things that we talk about on a daily, weekly basis, she, along with a lot of you, are taking to heart and doing, and, and it's helping. And really, that's what we're here to do is to make sure that everybody can weather these storms and come out better in the end than when you started. It's what we do here on literally 
a daily basis. So if you got a question, by the way, on the car end of things, I'm going to come back and talk about that in just a few minutes. You know, what should you own? And I will tell you, after reading through some of the suggestions on the Internet on what you should own, and I'll mention some of those as we, as we go through this list when I come back. Um, how do I want to say this in a nice way? These are clueless individuals telling you what you should have in the event of some sort of a worldwide calamity. Sorry, they just are. These people are clueless. They have not thought through a lot of the things that we're going to talk about when I come back when it comes to vehicles and then recommending the vehicle that you should own. These are literally, in my opinion, clueless people. Or they're being paid to say X, Y, and Z by you know, some company that makes a full bulletproof vehicle. No, you don't need a full bulletproof vehicle. It'll cost you a quarter of a million dollars because, by the way, most of us are not going to go out and buy that and can't. So some of those are just completely out of reach for the average person anyway, so why even mention it? That's my feeling. But believe it or not, they're on some of the lists I read uh, this week preparing for today's program when it comes to what to be, you know, what, what, what to own to be ready for some sort of a, you know, uh, huge event that would come along either in our country or worldwide. So we'll come back. We'll talk about that in a minute. Don't forget about all of our great sponsors that we have here on Ready Radio. And literally, they are the ones that make this happen on a weekly basis. So if you ever want to thank somebody, thank them. And if you use any of them, they're all on our website, by the way, ready-radio.com. So if you ever use one of them, please tell them you heard them on this specific program. That helps me out immensely. I mean that sincerely, and I thank you for doing that ahead of time. So we'll be right back, though. If you got a question for us, text us or call us. Text line again, 307-200-8222, or call the main line here at the studio at the station, 303-477-5600. This is KLZ 560. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass 
glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air not only handles all of your electrical and HVAC needs, they can also help you get ready for the what-ifs of life. When the mustard gas is filling your neighborhood, you'll want a HEPA filter to keep your family safe. When the napalm catches your neighbor's trees on fire, you'll still be breathing clean, fresh, smokeless air with your Solus Air HEPA filter. With a combination of our generators and air filters, your family won't miss the conveniences of modern society, no matter what the circumstances are. So for all your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, a major sponsor of Fix-It Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? The reason shingles break with wind and hail is because they're dried out and brittle. RoofMax is an organic product that rejuvenates your asphalt shingles, making them more flexible and durable at the same time. Call Dave Hart today and get your roof inspected. It's a no-obligation inspection that will tell you what condition your roof is in and what can be done to extend the life of your roof, which, in the end, saves you money. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. All right, we are back, and uh, appreciate y'all listening very much. Thanks for the text messages coming in. A couple of suggestions. It's why we do what we do here, and thank you for all of you that participate. This literally is, and we had a, a, a... a guest here a few weeks ago talking about this being really a community effort to have everybody prepared down there because not nobody can think of everything it does take uh, multiple minds and ideas and, and there's just no way one person can know every single thing out there unless that's all you do all day long and no 
It's not what I do all day long. So I had a couple of suggestions that came in. One is on the, uh, you know, the vacuum sealers. Uh, this particular texture said Cabela's makes a really, really good vacuum seal machine, better than the food savers. Uh, uh, yeah, if you're going to use it a lot, I would tell you just from looking at the food saver, it's fairly, you know, fairly cheesy. That's why it's so inexpensive. Uh, is it going to get, you know, the job done? Um, I think initially, but I, I have heard this as well. The food saver brand, you got to be really careful to make sure that does seal up correctly because they have a tendency to not, especially as time goes by. This particular situation, the texture says that the Cabela's grade, the commercial grade, keyword there, commercial grade, just doesn't have those issues. So thank you. That's a great tip. Uh, I believe the same individual texted in as well that the Magpul, that is a brand, used to be in Colorado. They moved to Wyoming. That was when we had the magazine banned and all of that. They, uh, they said, hey, if you go through with this law, we're moving. And they did. But they make a, a DAC, a D-A-K-A pouch, where you can put non-perishable items in it for storage and transport, keep some dust-free and all of that. And actually, they're really, really cool. I use a lot, of, a lot of pouches, not exactly like these, but now that I know about these, I will pick some of these up. And really, really great idea. So thank you so much for that. And that's right on Magpul's website. I'm guessing you can get them from wherever, drive up there and buy them or have them shipped to you. But they are, the again, DACA pouch they make them in several different sizes and colors and it's a it's a welded construction heavy zipper it's an aqua guard uh, waterproof zipper by the way and a great idea it's a great way to really organize your stuff and keep things separate from one another and thank you thank you very much by the way for that particular tip one thing i was just thinking of by the way when we just had that ad run for alan stack at stack optical is folks make sure you've got an extra pair of current prescription glasses. Yes, I know you can always save the old pair and have it around, but does that really, you know, if the crap hits the fan, do you really want to rely on an old prescription set of glasses or do you really want to be up to speed with what's current? And what I will tell you with Allen Stack at Stack Optical is they can build you multiple types of glasses for many, many different things. Everything from safety glasses to shooting to sunglasses to you name it. Whatever you can think of that you need your glasses to do, Alan can make them do that. He's even got a particular uh, frame where you can even change out into different things that I just said a moment ago. And again, something to think about in, in, in there's an end of the world scenario, how are you going to see and how are you going to see effectively? Uh, some of us, myself included, I can get by without contacts or glasses, but I can't see distance. So if I had to see something that's 100 yards out, I, I really can't. I mean, I could kind of tell what something is, can't read anything. If I know what the letters maybe say initially, I might be able to pick up what's there. But I couldn't tell you specifically what something says. And I could tell you animal movement, how they move, and so on, most likely what it is. But I can't tell you specifically what's out there at you know 100 yards and beyond. In fact, even once it gets to about 75 yards, it gets a little bit iffy for me. So you've got to make sure you you can see and have some of these things, you know, on hand. And again, this kind of goes back to the, 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 you know, the go bag that we've talked about in the past. This is something that I would have a pair of glasses in a hard case so that whatever, is, you know, gets packed around it, nothing is damaged, nothing's hurt. You've always got that pair of glasses there ready to go. 
So there's always a spare pair. I mean, how many movies? We're going to talk about movies with Andy here in a few minutes. And this movie always reminds me of this Jurassic Park, one of the first ones. I, if I'm not mistaken, when um, uh, Newman, who was actually in Seinfeld, he's the actor in that particular part, he, something happens and he loses his glasses. I think they get stepped on, lost, smashed, something, and he can't see. And I'm always reminded of when, when there's that sort of a time that, you know, when you really, really need your glasses and something happens and you can no longer see, what do you do? Again, we're talking about preparedness. That's what this show is about. That's just one of those areas. And, of course, we have a great sponsor in Allen Stack that can help you with that. So let's talk about vehicles. I'm not even going to go through the list that I, I went through and read because, again, some of the vehicles that are listed on there are just, folks, it's outlandish. They're just things that none of us are going to go by. I, I, just, I read some of these, and I just think, who, who's writing this? It's evidently somebody that probably doesn't really know a vehicle. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listing what they have. So I had one list here. Real quick, I'll run through a few of these. A bulletproof Ford Raptor. Would be nice, but good luck. A Bentley Continental. No, that would be like my last choice of a car to own in Apocalypse. Uh, the Mercedes-Benz G-Class, yeah, great vehicle, but they're, you know, even a used one's hundred grand plus. Jeep Wrangler, yeah, that one I could see, but we'll talk about some of this specifically in a minute. A Resvani Tank, bulletproof military Humvee, bulletproof Toyota Hilux, bulletproof Ford F-150. See where this list is going, folks. The majority of the list... There's 15 on this particular list, the last one being a Bulletproof Jeep Grand Cherokee SRT Trackhawk. That's another very, very expensive vehicle. And by the time you Bulletproof it, it's, it's a $200,000 vehicle. Very few people listening to me can go and buy something like that and have it sitting around for the end of the world. So not what I would pick. Probably only a couple of the vehicles on that list would I even think about owning for an end-of-the-world scenario. First thing you need to think about... Again, these are things that the majority of, of, I feel like people writing these articles never even think about is, okay, what are you going to do for fuel? So if there's an end of the world scenario, EMP strike, electricity's off, or we've even got a portion of our grid shut down because of whatever, how, how, what, you know, how and what fuel, you know, how are you going to pump it and what fuel are you going to be using? Because that's the first thing to think about in regards to what vehicle then you want to own. Keep in mind, diesel can be made. You can, you can actually, there's plans out there. You can come up with a still and make biodiesel on your own. You've got to have you know, enough other types of oil to create the biodiesel. But yes, you can make biodiesel on your own if you had to. Maybe one of these days I'll get an expert on and we can run through some of that and what, what that entails and so on. I've never made my own biodiesel. I've watched it be made. I've actually been to a, a particular company where this particular individual did make his own biodiesel. It's not as complicated as most people think, but it takes time and it's dirty and stinky and nasty. And right now I have no intentions of doing that on my own. But... If you're in the end of a world scenario where that's the only option you've got, then you probably should own a diesel vehicle to put the diesel fuel in because a gas-powered vehicle will not run on diesel. 
nor will a diesel run on gasoline, as we all know. So first things first, think about what is going to be your fuel source. Where is it going to come from? How are you going to acquire it? And then after that, if you have to bug out and go someplace, do you have enough capacity on the vehicle that you have to get from A to B? And if not, even if you were along the way and there were dead cars on the road and so on, how are you going to extract fuel from another vehicle into yours? By the way, just really quick, and you never see this in the movies, I never have understood why. Um, All you really need to extract fuel from another vehicle that's dead on the side of the road in that type of a scenario is some sort of a, they make these for, in the automotive industry, you know, we have these for collecting coolant. So when you're draining a, a, a radiator or something along those lines, it all pours into a, a big round type pan. But this pan has a funnel on the front of it built in so that when you go to pour the antifreeze either back into a jug or back into the car, it makes it really easy to pour out. That particular device, they're not that expensive, by the way, would work great for collecting gasoline. Some of you would say, how, John? That makes no sense. Don't you have to siphon gas out, or how is that going to work? Um, No, this is where a hammer and a punch come into play, or a drill, for that matter. Cordless drill and a half-inch drill bit on the end of it. All you need to do is go to the gas tank, lay the pan under it, Get your drill out or your punch and your hammer, and you punch a hole in the gas tank. And guess what? Fuel will run out. And it'll run into the pan. And typically, you're not going to be alone. Most likely, you'll have somebody with with you. If there's more than, you know, this pan probably holds three, four gallons of, of fuel. If the vehicle has more than that, then, of course, you could have somebody put their finger up in the hole for a second. Or carry a cork around with you or whatever you want to do. Have a rubber plug that you keep on hand. You can actually tie that to the, you know, tie strap it to your uh, pan funnel device I just mentioned. But that's how you would collect fuel and put it in your vehicle. If you're out on the open road and there's a bunch of dead vehicles around. No, I'm not telling anybody to do this now to steal gas. That would go against everything I believe in. So no, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, end of the world scenario... EMP strike or something along those lines, you're going to get from A to B and you need fuel along the way. How are you filling up? The gas station's not going to work, by the way. So what are you going to do to acquire fuel? I just gave you a really easy idea on how you would collect fuel. Now, some of you may want to get fancier and there are, you know, pumps and devices and things like that. But keep in mind, the majority of newer vehicles have baffles and things that are built into the neck of the gas tank itself that really prohibit you from siphoning fuel like it used to be. It's why you just don't see it much anymore. It's why you really don't see a need for a locking gas cap anymore other than to keep people from putting things in the tank. But getting something out of the tank and siphoning has been hard now for a couple of decades. So gone are the days of sticking a hose down. That's what always cracks me up about the movies. You know, they go to a newer vehicle and stick a hose down it and start sucking on the end of it and siphon it out, and it doesn't work that way, folks. Can't do that anymore. They've, they've prevented all of that from happening. The, the punching a hole in the gas tank and having a pan under it would be the easiest way to put fuel back in whatever you're driving. And keep in mind, you're going to get every ounce 
of fuel out of it. One more tip that I would have with me along these lines would be some sort of a filter strain or something along those lines, because keep in mind, you're going to be taking everything out of the bottom of the gas tank. The last thing you want to do is contaminate your gas tank, so you'd want to strain that as it goes back into your gas tank. Again, these are items that you can literally attach right to this device I told you to go buy at Napa or wherever you want to get it from. And voila, you've got your gasoline storage you know, collection device. Something else that's a misconception, and it really shows up in the movies a lot of times. While gas and diesel are both very flammable, they don't light as easily as everybody thinks. Now, be careful in how I say that. It's not the liquid that you necessarily have to worry about other than diesel fuel. It's the fumes that you have to worry about. I've literally seen in my day, and I know it's going to shock a lot of people, but back in the day when I was in my early, early teens, 13, 12, 13 years of age, I, I, I watched a technician of ours literally. There was an open bucket of gas that he had drained out of a gas tank. And he was, and everybody back then smoked, by the way. This would be the mid-70s. Everybody smoked. Everyone smoked, except me. <laughs> I mean, literally. You'd go any, almost anywhere and everybody smoked. And this technician had drained all this fuel out and he was smoking a cigarette and it was in his mouth and he was kind of over the top of this open five-gallon can of gas and sure enough, fell out of his mouth and went right into the gas. And no, it did not ignite. It just fell right on top. The gas put it out. He picked out the butt. And he said, see there? It's the fumes that ignite, not the actual liquid. I learned something very valuable that day. The fumes are more dangerous than the liquid is. So, again, it's why you could do what I just said with this collection method, and it would work fine, and you would be safe in doing so. One other thing we haven't talked about, by the way, that I would throw in any kind of a bug-out bag, or I carry some of these in my vehicle pretty much at all times anyways, are what they call a nitrile it's a glove. It's like what the doctors and nurses use, only it's not, a, it's not the rubber gloves like they use. These are nitrile. So in the case I just mentioned, if you wanted to keep your hands away from the gas and so on, put a, put a pair of this, these nitrile gloves on, and it's impervious to gas and, and liquids like that, you know, chemicals and so on, and away you go. And it would be handy just to have those kicking around for times like these. By the way, they're nice to have even if you're out changing a tire or doing anything along those lines whatsoever. So again, first things first. I'll come back and talk about some of the vehicle options. But you want to be thoughtful of what fuel are you going to use. Now, some of you, it's, hey, this is the vehicle I own. I don't have any choice. It's going to have to work, and it is, what I, it is what it is. It's what I own. Okay, I get that. Start thinking about this fuel side of it, though, and how you're going to collect that down the road if there were to be some sort of a major event. For a lot of you listening, too, by the way, something I would recommend even right now if you live out, you know, in the country, you got a little bit of acreage, something along those lines. Maybe it's not a full-fledged farm, but you have maybe some equipment or your own vehicles and so on. You know, there's a lot of above-ground diesel, if you have diesel. It's legal, by the way, even by fire code and so on. You can put an above-ground diesel tank. It depends on your, your county and city codes and so on. But most of you that live in those types of areas, you could put your own, you know, 200, 250-gallon diesel tank in and store some of your own fuel on site and have really as much as you wanted at that point. And then you would want to be owning a diesel vehicle 
in that particular time frame. So I'm going to talk about maintenance and some of those things as well when it comes to what vehicles to own. Unlike the lists I read, most of them didn't take any of that into consideration. So we'll come back. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Any questions, by the way, or things you want to add? Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Again, 303-477-5600. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air not only handles all of your electrical and HVAC needs, they can also help you get ready for the what-ifs of life. When the mustard gas is filling your neighborhood, you'll want a HEPA filter to keep your family safe. When the napalm catches your neighbor's trees on fire, you'll still be breathing clean, fresh, smokeless air with your Solus Air HEPA filter. With a combination of our generators and air filters, your family won't miss the conveniences of modern society, no matter what the circumstances are. So for all your electrical heating and cooling needs, give them a call today at 720-526-0231 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, a major sponsor of Fix-It Radio, Drive Radio, and of course, Ready Radio. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? The reason shingles break with wind and hail is because they're dried out and brittle. RoofMax is an organic product that rejuvenates your asphalt shingles, making them more flexible and durable at the same time. Call Dave Hart today and get your roof inspected. It's a no-obligation inspection that will tell you what condition your roof is in and what can be done to extend the life of your roof, which, in the end, saves you money. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass 
fiberglass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all. You can trust the original Novus Pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to our website, drive-radio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass, a proud sponsor of Drive Radio. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right, we are back. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Website, by the way, if you ever want to go look at uh, any of our show notes, the things we talk about, we're continuing to build the site and add to it, by the way. Producer Ann does a great job of that. It's ready-radio.com. Somebody mentioned, I was going to get to this, so thank you, though, for the reminder, that also in the choice of fuel, if you're going to store some fuel, whether it be in a tank like I mentioned, gas cans or whatever, yes, that fuel will need to be treated and stabilized. And here's something to think about. If you can have an airtight container, gasoline itself with some stabilizer, which I've done this testing on my own, you can get a lot of shelf life out of. I've literally had vehicles that I have uh, parked with stabilizer that have lasted, you know, fired up after a year and a half, two years, no problem. So, yes, stabilizing the fuel is a must. Whether you're storing a car, storing some in a tank, whatever the case may be, you want to keep that fuel stable. One of the best, I think the best stabilizer I've ever used, and it's one of my sponsors on Drive Radio, is a BG product called Supercharge. So BG Supercharge. You can buy it all the Napa stores or a lot of the auto shops around will have it as well. Our sponsors, you know, Geno's Extreme and so on, they'll have it also. But yes, you want to stabilize the fuel. The difference between gasoline versus diesel, people think, oh, diesel will last forever. Actually, it doesn't. It doesn't. It actually grows algae. So, again, it needs to be treated as well. I've not ever, probably something I should think about doing, I've never tested diesel in the same way that I've tested gas to see if you treat it, how long would it last. I'm guessing with diesel fuel, if you get it really good and treated and, you know, keep the algae buildup down and so on, it's a type of a distillate that probably would last a very long time. But to this texter's point, yes, you have to stabilize those fuels. Otherwise, they will go bad. Uh, we call it on gasoline, it'll shellac. Maybe that's not the exact word or the exact thing that happens, but that's what we call it in the industry. The, the fuel gets shellacked, smells really bad, won't smell like gas anymore at all. It's got this pungent, nasty, it's, it's hard to describe over the, 
over the airwaves, but it's just got to smell like like you've never smelled in gasoline before. You know the gas is bad then. You can start to smell it go bad. All of the you know, uh, potency, essentially, of the gasoline is starting to diminish at that point. It's becoming more of an oil, I guess you could say, than it is actual gas. And I'm sure I'm not explaining that exactly right. There's probably some petroleum engineer out there that's cringing right now with what I just said. But it's changing the formula of the gasoline as time goes by, and air affects it faster, makes it makes it you know do this faster. What I'm getting at is a lot of the late model uh, gasoline uh, vehicles that we've got, where they've got a closed system, the cap is not vented, it's got a charcoal canister to circulate those fumes back through the vehicle and so on for the emissions side of it, and they're not vented. Fuel in those vehicles will last a very long time, a couple of years easy. I've seen it go that long even untreated just because the air is not, especially at a full tank where there's really not much air there to affect anything, it will last a very long time if it's airtight. So same thing on gas cans and so on. That's where folks that have, you know, small engine equipment, you know, lawnmowers and things like that, those are all vented. There's no capture system on them. That's why the gasoline in those will go bad much faster than it will in your car because they're vented and they have, you know, it gets aired. I, I can tell you from an old car that we've got in our shop right now, my dad and uncle, the other day they were firing it up and I could smell the gas. I'm like, oh, you guys better get that gas out and change it out because it was starting to get bad. And again, I've got newer vehicles that probably have the same age of fuel in them as that car does. But because that car is vented and the other ones are not, the other ones are fine. That one's not proving my point that the air is one of the worst enemies we have, whether it be food, gasoline, whatever, keeping things airtight works much better. But again, going back to you know deciding what you're going to have as far as a vehicle, and some of you may already have one versus the other. Some of you may have both. Then you need to determine which one, in an end-of-the-world scenario, do you trust to take you from A to B? And if you had to do any repairs on it, on your own to get from A to B, what's it going to be? None of the vehicles that I mentioned that were on that list a moment ago could the average person, myself included, fix on the side of the road. Too many electronics. Too much stuff going on if there's a problem. So, again, you have to think about what am I going to own and drive? And it's still, I know there's debate on this, and I've had this this discussion even on this show plus on on drive radio on the weekends at times, what vehicles survive an EMP? Uh, folks, I still think that's open for debate because with today's uh, modern vehicles, it will have, in some cases, a dozen different computers, modules, and so on on the vehicle running different components. Unless they're protected, and no, the, just the metal of the vehicle itself is not enough to protect it. That's not a, and that's not an actual Faraday case. The vehicle itself is not. What devices, what modules will be okay after an EMP strike? I, I'm not sure anybody out there, because the last test they did was almost 20 years ago. In that case, a lot of the vehicles still ran. I believe most did. How would that affect today's modern electronics modules and so on again we have we as a country have dropped the ball in that area to be honest with you folks we're as vulnerable as a country when it comes to an emp strike as we probably ever have been we we quit spending money on that testing i want to say 20 years ago early 2000s we stopped they quit funding it i guess they didn't think it was any more of a threat so they stopped 
And I will tell you right now, other countries know that, and that's probably, I feel, one of our biggest national security threats outside of the economy and our own you know, energy sides of things, which we've talked about on, on uh, Rush to Reason this past week. Outside of that, I really feel like our vulnerability to an EMP strike is probably one of the top of the list, if not number one. And I realize that some things would work afterwards and we could throw the switch manually in some areas and so on. And some things are going to be more protected than others. But I'll tell you right now, the majority of individuals out there, if they had no ability to get food, water, can't drive, it's bedlam. It's, it's not even the vehicle at that point and what you're choosing as far as that goes. It's just how do you keep yourself safe from all these other people that are going to be out there trying to get your stuff? Because they will be. Because they'll go nuts. I'm serious. The stats are that roughly one-third of the population, if we have some sort of a major event like that, power is out for an extended length of time, transportation's down, computers down, communications down, and so on, the claims are that a third of the population will be gone in 30 days due to hysteria, accidents, shootings, death by not having prescriptions that they need on a daily basis, on down the line we go. A third of the country goes away. Folks, that's scary when you start thinking about it that way. And it's why we're doing this show. Are you going to be prepared and not be one of those 30% if something like that were to happen? Is it going to happen? I have no idea, folks. I don't have a clue. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know the future. And by the way, no one does. All I can help you with is be prepared. So back to the vehicle of choice. I don't have one single vehicle I would tell you to go buy or own. Really comes down to you and your needs and your ability. Again, what can you work on? Probably a good question to even ask each person. Can you change a tire? Can you change a flat if you had to? Do you know what to do? Do you have the tools, equipment, everything needed to actually make that happen? And no, folks, if you're going to be you know, bugging out and, and moving down the highway, the jack that comes with the vehicle is probably not what you want. It would work. It would get you by, but it's really not what you want. You want to have something in addition to that. They've got portable, you know, jacks now that you can roll around, floor jacks, high lift jacks, which most of you know what I mean by that, and so on. There's multiple ways to do that. And I would say start figuring out what vehicle that's going to be and make it your bug out vehicle. And I again, I have no... Um, preference when it comes to a particular vehicle. For me, it will probably be some sort of a diesel vehicle just because of all the things we've already talked about up to this point. And for me, it'll probably be a truck. Why a truck? Because you can put a bunch of stuff in one. You can, you know, you put as much stuff in the back of the bed as you want and haul things with it and do whatever you want to with it. And, you know, probably my old, which a lot of you know I own an old Dodge truck, Cummins, that's probably my vehicle of choice I'll never get rid of, never sell, and just have for what we're talking about. It would work very well for what we're, what we're uh, uh, mentioning here. But for a lot of you, it could be something totally different. And again, I don't have a particular preference on what it is. And for some of you, you're thinking, well, man, i got to make sure there's no electronics on it. Folks, I don't know. Again, the verdict is not settled on that one at all would it be a good idea to have an older vehicle if you have the ability that has nothing on it than a set of points that you know would start and run if you had to sure if you've got that ability but i'm not going to tell you to go out and have that 
I do think there will be some vehicles that even an EMP will still run. Which ones are they? Frankly, I think it comes down to how they manufactured the computer and the casing that it sits in. In some cases, it's sort of in its own little cage already. It's Faraday cage already. In others, they're not. You have to look at your vehicle, study it, look at the actual computer itself, the brain to the vehicle, the brain to the powertrain, and then decide, is this going to be okay or not? In a lot of cases, it's going to be a crapshoot. You're not going to know until that happens. Despite what a lot of folks out there that claim, I, I use that term loosely, claim to be experts, because frankly, until someone's been through one of these, they're not. They can do a lot of studying on the front side. We've interviewed folks even on our other shows in this world, some of the folks that were even involved in those tests back 20 years ago. Some folks have even written books on it, on how vulnerable we are to an EMP strike. And to me, that's, in my own personal life, to me, that's the biggest threat and the biggest concern that I have personally. War, all of the other things, you know, I think that's, you deal with it as it comes. An EMP strike that would affect literally the country all at once, if done correctly by another nation, or terrorists for that matter, um, it, it, would, it would literally put this country on its knees overnight. There's books, books on tape even, that talk about this scenario. And for some of you that are interested in knowing more about that and even kind of what happens based upon fiction, I know it's not fact, but based upon fiction and people's thoughts as to what would happen in times like that, buy the book and read it. I think it's One Second Later is the name of the book. There's a series. I think there's three books in that series, by the way. It's like One Second Later, One Month Later, One Year Later. I don't remember exactly what the titles are, but there's three in the series. Worth, worth reading or listening to, by the way. This is going to have to have a part two when it comes to the vehicle side of the fence because, again, there's going to be other things that go into what you do to prep the vehicle and have it ready to go. Everything from the type of tires that you have on it to what are you going to do on the maintenance end of things? Do you want to carry some onboard air in case you have some sort of a flat? Do you want to carry an air tank? Uh, how are you going to outfit this vehicle for that sort of a scenario? And for a lot of you, this would involve a vehicle that you, you're done doing this. You can go take a camping or do anything else you want to do with it. So it's dual purpose. We're not just talking you know, end of the world. There's other things you could do with the vehicle. Point being, are you going to be able to handle all of this if there were going to be some sort of an event that comes up like that. So uh, again, folks, go to the website, ready-radio.com. Anything you need, it'll all be there. We'll have a part two to this next week. So join me then. Anything you want to talk about or text me about, 307-200-8222. Up next, Rush to Reason, of course, myself and Andy. will do some movie reviews and have a great time. So stay with us. Otherwise, we'll be right back. This is Ready Radio right here on KLZ 560. Views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.